Hi, welcome to episode 486 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm David Elliott, and why do I ever watch football? Such a waste of time. There's got to be better things to do on a Sunday, like read more comic books. At least my favorite comic books will never be trashed by the Denver Broncos. Today it's Fantastic Four, Volume 3, Number 57, a.k.a. Fantastic Four, 486, from August 2002. Again? The ever-loving, blue-eyed, end-of-the-world by guest writer Adam Warren and guest artist Karen Grant. Early in the morning, just as the sun is coming up, Ben Grimm and Reed Richards are hard at work in the lab, working on a large invention that Reed came up with, and Ben is doing all the heavy lifting. Reed, as always, so cheap, so, so cheap. Can't he invest a little money in some chains and pulleys and things that can lift heavy objects so that Ben doesn't have to stay up all night long lugging stuff around? So Ben lowers the mini tokamak reactor's output jack down onto the auxiliary power modulator relay socket. And no, that's not a sexual euphemism, as dirty as it sounds, but that's literally what he does. And then they're done with the project. And so it seems that the device is a pocket universe generator. Oh, well, that doesn't sound good. It's not enough for Reed to find other universes filled with bad guys who want to attack Earth. Now he's going to create his own universe? Ben excuses himself to go get some sleep. On the way, he passes Johnny and Sue, who's holding her new baby, Valeria, who says, Eek! and Gook! Odd. In a few years, she'll be speaking in complex sentences just like her father. So I guess we should enjoy the non-verbose baby while we can. Before he heads off, uh, Johnny suggests to Ben that he have a cup of Reed's supercharged Uber coffee. But Ben says the genetically pumped up coffee beans get him all wired up. I wonder if the Uber coffee will come back into play later in the story. Chekhov's coffee? Probably not. So Ben heads into another room, sits down in an industrial strength recliner, has a beer, and looks to grab the TV remote. So much for wanting to get some sleep, like he was saying a couple pages ago. He can't find the remote, and he yells out, and Reed's stretchy arm stretches in, grabs the remote, and hands it to Ben. I bet Reed's arm came in very handy back in the days before they had TV remotes. When I was a kid, I was my parents' TV remote. David, turn it to channel 5. No, turn it to channel 11. Try channel 48. No, don't make me flip to the UHF channels. Oh, my parents were so cruel. So the TV that he's about to watch... I guess another of Reed's crazy inventions is the future predicting TV. What? Reed has invented a future predicting TV. So basically, he's found a way to prevent all crime and all tragedies and anything else bad from happening ever. And yet in the last 14 years, has he ever used it to help mankind? No. What a selfish dick. Ben sits down to watch a story about his future. There's a statue raised in his honor, tons of cheering fans. Turns out he died a hero, an idol to millions. This sounds pretty good to Ben. 
and he falls asleep. Hey, maybe the next 14 years of Fantastic Four stories are all part of one long dream of Ben's. And the next time Marvel publishes a Fantastic Four comic, it will start with Ben waking up, and he'll be like, That sucked. Civil War, Secret Invasion, Smartass Valeria, Spider-Man and that horrible white costume, The Future Foundation, all the different short-lived and quickly canceled runs of the book, and the recent Secret Wars, all part of one long, horrible dream. A nightmare, really. I wish I could wake up and was all a dream. But instead, I'm going to keep going forward, as terrible as it gets. So back with, uh, Reed. He's testing one of his new inventions. It seems very complicated, like he's making a new pocket universe. But no, it's just a cup of his uber coffee with hyper-caffeination. With hyper-caffeination. And then there's a loud noise that shakes the room. Back upstairs with Ben, a group of six or so very nasty-looking, very big, Thing-style rock monsters appear. Ben says, These jokers kind of look like me, but not as pretty. Which is a good enough description. And on the future TV, there's a story about Thing clones rampaging across Manhattan. And they proceed to rampage all over Ben's industrial-strength Lazy Boy recliner. And then he notices these smaller rock monsters growing up out of the floor. And these weird globs of stuff are trying to attach themselves to Ben, but he brushes them off. Reed rushes into the room to see what's going on. He says they seem to be constructing themselves out of the materials used in the reinforced floors. He adds that they seem to not only be distorted versions of the thing physically, but they manifest garbled caricatures of his personality as well. That could be a problem, considering that Ben's own personality is a bit of a garbled caricature. Ben and Reed decide to see what happens if Ben turns back into his human form, which he does. That seems to confuse the other rock monsters, for a moment, until they decide that it's clobbering time anyway. First, they smack Reed, and then they chase after Ben. So Ben wisely decides to change back into the thing, as the creatures attack him. Reed ponders what to do next, and he comes up with an idea. He stretches his hand down the hall, down the stairs, and into a room where he grabs some device. He brings it back, fully charged. Ben, meanwhile, is fighting all these rock monsters all at once and doing pretty well, but then Reed hands him the, the round device, the temporary pocket universe generator, and Ben activates it, sending himself and the other rock monsters into a pocket universe for eight hours. After the smoke clears and the rock monsters are gone, we see the Baxter building is missing a huge chunk of about the top 15 floors. I guess that means the end of Baxter Building number two is gotta have to be rebuilt again. Actually, since we know about how these things work, shouldn't the top floors now collapse down on the other floors and demolish the entire building? You would think. Reed and his family are just casually hanging out in the damaged building, when they should be getting the hell out of there, pronto. Didn't they see a little thing called 9-11? Reed explains to Sue and Johnny that he sent Ben and the Rock Monsters off into a pocket universe, and they have eight hours to figure out what to do when they get back. And in that pocket universe, Ben and the Rock Monsters appear in the Baxter building, and Ben looks out the window, and New York, here, is some kind of futuristic city. I've always had a pet peeve about futuristic cities. They always have these weird-shaped buildings with hardly any windows. In the future, are we not going to want to have windows? 
Ben wonders if this world has been taken over by the Scrolls or the Kree or some other aliens. He gets surrounded by the, these rock monsters, and nearby, the future TV is playing, and the reporter says that Ben Grimm was killed in a pocket universe by a group of berserker things. And they say it's clobbering time, and that is the end of part one of this story. Coming next time, will Ben survive the impending clobbering? Will Reed and the others get the hell out of that damn building before it collapses? And will it collapse as it should? And will the Uber coffee maker come into play? Find out next time in part two of the ever-loving blue-eyed end of the world. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at podcastff. And you can uh, download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. <laughs>